One of the great surprises when we were at the big Premium Cigar Association convention in Vegas last month was Cavalier. Cavalier Genevieve, meaning Sebastian and, and being able to learn about how they created this cigar brand and being able to enjoy the cigar with the guy who created it and his whole history, a guy who, who said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just travel to Honduras and see if I can get into the cigar industry. Literally didn't know a soul. And the creator of this cigar said, I'm going to Honduras. Man, I love people with gumption. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. What's up, Fingers? Do I have gumption? No. Drat. Have you ever gone to Honduras on a one-way ticket, figuring maybe you'll learn something? No, but I've been in a Honduran-themed casino. Well, it's not the same. Oh. This right here is the Black 2 Toro Gordo. This is a big cigar. The Toro Gordo is a 6 by 60 so it's six inches long. Tee-hee. Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And the ring gauge is a 60, so we're talking about the diameter of the cigar, really how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Now, what makes this interesting, because 60 is well out of my comfort zone for the ring gauge of a cigar, it's got a soft box press. And that soft box, or as opposed to having those harder edges, it's a more of an oval shape. It's actually a little easier of a feel in the hand and in the mouth, and you can feel it. It feels pretty good. It's a heavy cigar. Beefy. Yeah, this is something else. It's a San Andreas wrapper. That Mexican San Andreas has so much remarkably good flavor to it. And it's got uh, Habano uh, in, in the binder and uh, the, the filler right here. The wrapper is oily, not gritty, not that suede, but definitely oil. It is a beautiful looking cigar. It is a deep, deep, rich brown with with splotches of black and the way they do it there you'll see when you ever go to their their website if you go to cavalier-cigars.com smoke gold stay gold that's the way they talk about it and they've got gold leaf in a diamond right there like meshed into the wrapper itself it's an absolutely gorgeous look and a gorgeous feel for a cigar and the flavor as we've just lit this thing up man That is a nice bit of sweetness, a nice bit of brown sugar that comes right off the top. Yeah, a little bit of spice, a little bit of cinnamon, the tobacco flavor is there, uh, a little creaminess for me, uh, but this, this, Tony, really feels good in the hand, and watching you smoke it, uh, just a lot of really big, pleasant smoke coming off of this. Now, when we do cigars, we always, of course, Break them into thirds. First third, second third, final third. That's really the way it's done, and you should try it that way. Get your notebook. What did you eat that day? What did you drink that day? All those things affect the cigar. Man, this is a weird cigar to have as we're recording in Indianapolis, Indiana, much of the Midwest, getting that heat, getting that humidity. The temperature, the real feel out there is over 100 degrees. Luckily, we're inside, but it absolutely changes everything about you and everything that you feel uh, from the cigar and to be able to enjoy uh, that, that, that San Andreas, right? That, that, that feel, that flavor of, of uh, that wrapper really adds a nice, unique touch, almost too big for a day 
like today. This would be very different if we were smoking it outdoors <laughs> than being inside Blend Cigar Bar in Indianapolis. And it's great to be inside. I don't know about you, but the last few days, I've wanted to unwind at the end of the day and have a, a cigar out on my back patio. And eight nine o'clock at night, it was it still the heat index was still over ninety degrees. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow. Yes. Comfort matters quite a bit. Being able to sit on the back deck, if there's a little breeze going, I'm great. If it's just that still, humid air that's resting on you and 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 and, and tr- it's like a weighted blanket, you do not want a cigar under a weighted blanket. You don't want to feel like smoking a cigar is, is work. And right. when you're sitting out there, it's supposed to be all about enjoyment. And you're not enjoying yourself within five minutes of being outside and you light your cigar up and, and you're sweating bullets. It's just not an enjoyable experience. So lighting this up, getting it going. We did a straight cut on this as opposed to a V, as opposed to a punch. I would never do a punch on this. It's too big. You want to have the fullness of that draw. There's no need to concentrate it in. Sometimes when people do a punch, right, they're trying to concentrate the draw, right? How you inhale, bring it in. Remember, you're not inhaling into the lungs. You're just toasting the palate. That's what you want to do with a cigar. So you, you, you want to cut it to give it a wide berth, but you don't want to cut it too low. I've been finding more and more people when they cut They'll cut, you know, the cap naturally, right? That's the end you're cutting on. Where you're lighting on is the foot. So that cap naturally kind of bows out, right? It's a little rounded. And they cut to the rounded part. For me, that's cutting too much off the cigar. I look at it as the scene from Goodfellas when they're in prison. And uh, and I don't know, was it Paulie or whoever it was? They all named Paulie. uh, Has the (laughs) razor and he's cutting the garlic paper thin. That's how I want to take off the cap. I want to make sure I take off enough to get the full inhale proper of the cigar. But but I don't want I don't want it to be I don't want the cut to be too deep, right? We've been getting a lot of great questions from our listeners and you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, and let us know there. You can email me, fingers at eatrinksmokeshow.com with your questions. Uh, one person asked me, we've been doing a lot of box presses lately and they asked about a V cut on a box press. Is that something you would normally do? No. I can no. I do a V-cut on a torpedo. I do a V-cut on a perfecto, right? That's where not only the cap comes to a tip, but the the foot is a tip, and then it opens up like the Nicaragua barrel, uh, not the Nicaragua, the Camacho barrel age. It comes as a perfecto, which is a really fun uh, smoke, and it then opens up to this bulbous part and then comes back down to uh, where the, the, the cap where you're smoking. But this, which is the black to Toro Gordo, it appears... It presents itself as a big, giant, massive, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to handle this smoke. This is a medium. This is absolutely a medium. You're getting more of that sweet. We talked about the brown sugar. A little bit like a a chocolatey undertone going on and about $10 a stick. Oh. Now, I will tell you, if the box press doesn't work for you, if a 60 ring gauge doesn't work for you, it doesn't matter if the cigar is free, although you'll take it if it's free. <laughs> it's not your cigar, right? You got to appreciate or be willing to try something that's, that's, that's this big. I, I get that. And, and, and I will tell you, the big ones, like we spoke the other day about Alec Bradley's Texas Lancero, which is a 64, how Asylum is doing those 70 ring gauges up to a 90 ring gauge. None of that is for me. That's not a knock on the cigar. It's just not for me. You got to know what's for you. This right now, flavor-wise, is for me. Yeah, me too. And listen, we're only in the first third. We just lit this uh, maybe five minutes ago. 
But uh, I, I got to tell you, if it continues down this road, ten dollars a stick for this. Oh, it's it's in my humidor. I was of all the cigars we smoked at the PCA, the Premium Cigar Association. I thought Genevieve to me was the most okay. This is something I could really get used to. There was something about that profile that that worked for me, and I got to admit, there was something about uh, the, the the owner, the creator, Sebastian, that worked for me as well. I just thought it was all around uh, good. This is Cavalier Cigars. This is uh, their Black Two. I I or you know two dashes black two the Toro Gordo it, it, they have other Vitolas you can get it in a in a robusto get it in a torpedo now a torpedo you could V cut that would make sense I wouldn't V cut this right here Cavalier Genevieve you want to check it out this is Eat Drink Smoke follow the Eat Drink Smoke show on your favorite podcast platform including Apple Podcasts Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. and the strong year for cigars keeps on keeping on Eat Drink Smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, right there. Find everything at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Uh, the podcast is there. The articles are there. The reviews are there. EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Cigar aficionado reporting that the sales of cigars continue. Imports in the month of May were $39 million. May of 2020, $19.5 million. That's, that's double for those of you playing the home game. <laughs> This is absolutely incredible. The industry just keeps on building and growing, and it's happening. You know what? We're talking about smoking uh, the Cavalier Genevieve, uh, and I'm calling it Genevieve. It's G-E-N-E-V-E. Do I pronounce it Genevieve? Yes. Or, Gene- or is it Geneve? Like Geneva, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who, who am I asking? <laughs> right? That's sh- sh- shame, on, Genevieve. shame on Shame on me. Genevieve. Right there. Nope. Doesn't work the way you do it. Oh. So there's a lot more of the boutique players that are in there. It's funny. One of the places we're going to be, as people, you know, as everybody's listening, there's a really cool boutique cigar event going on in Indiana, our beloved Indiana, called Smoke on the Creek. It's just boutique cigars. So we're going we're gonna to learn even more about how the small guys are going and growing and doing and, and building. But there is no stop. People have really found that they've got time, and this is where they want to spend their extra cash. And they're doing it in big style. Well, this was brought up a lot at the PCA convention in Las Vegas, the Premium Cigar Association uh, convention and trade show, where obviously during uh, the pandemic and the lockdowns, cigar smokers were at home and they went from maybe one or two sticks uh, a week to maybe five sticks a week, uh, you know, one every day. And you're kind of wondering if this was going to start tailing off as people aren't locked down. But it sounds like the, the two main reasons for this boom uh, according to Cigar Aficionado, was one, the, the pandemic, and two, the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast became a nationally syndicated radio talk show. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, correlation and causation, people. It's the double whammy. Then, of course, you had the factories in, in, in places in Honduras and the Dominican that were absolutely shut down because of COVID, and now everybody is so... I can't tell if it's media or if it's people, and I'm willing to bet, and you'll guys, you'll tell me if I'm wrong, I'm willing to bet it's media, Everyone's so absolutely freaked about Delta variant and the conversations about lockdowns, what Australia is doing. Uh, the, the, one of the health directors in Australia actually said, you know, I know you want to talk to your neighbor, like when you see him in the supermarket, but don't. Don't talk to people because you can spread COVID. That's pretty radical in my point of view. So, I think it's pretty radical in everybody's point of view. So the Delta variant has become happy fun ball? 
<laughs> don't, don't intimidate Happy Fun Ball. Don't look Happy Fun Ball directly in the eye. It's an old Saturday Night Live skit. It's, it's amazing that how it's being treated in different countries. Yeah. I mean, we may get into this a little bit later, Tony, but uh, in this country, you know, we had the lockdowns last year. And when the lockdowns were lifted and people were able to travel, it, it was like, okay, we're traveling. Right. That's it's it. We're going to travel, and it looks like people are, are going to continue to travel, even yeah, though we've we will, had this uptick. We're going to totally get into that story because that part amazingly hasn't slowed down. But people smoking a cigar, I love seeing it. I love seeing it growing. I love seeing the questions that we're getting and people, you know, trying more things and experimenting in more ways. We're seeing this also um, with. Uh, with, with, with premium spirits and how people are growing and building in, in that regard. And, of course, one of the shows growing is Jeopardy. Everyone's favorite quiz show outside of What Did Fingers Eat Today, which is a game we will play later. We like to find out what Fingers Malloy has ate because there's no way he can still be alive based on his diet. They have made a decision on their new hosts. I'm sorry? Hosts. It is plural, people. They are going with this guy, the producer, Mike Richards. He's produced a series of game shows. They like him a lot. They think they're going to be able to mold him into an Alex Trebek type, and he is going to be doing the everyday hosting. But when they do the primetime stuff, when they do spinoff specials, that's going to be Blossom herself, neuroscientist and actress, Maya Bialik. Whoa. No, Joey didn't get the gig. <laughs> Although, if he was there saying that when people got the wrong answer and went, whoa, I would pay money. I'd, I'd do pay-per-view to see that. These are going to be the hosts of the show. Uh, first, I happen to like Mayim Bialik. And I have the great Mayim Bialik story of my life. It's my only Hollywood story. And, and I, do, do I have time? I will share oh, yeah. it with you. I don't know enough about this dude, Mike Richards, to, to count. And we're not talking about Michael Richards from Seinfeld. We're talking about Mike Richards, who's a producer who hosted some game shows in, in the past. Giddy up. But people wanted this gig, and they wanted it hard. We talk, we've talked about this, and LeVar Burton has got to be dejected that he didn't get it because reading Rainbow Star Trek, he wanted it desperately. And I think you would have believed that LeVar Burton had the answer. Right. Part, of, part of wanting this host is somebody who has the answer. Well, you'll believe that Maya Bialik has the answer. You'll absolutely believe. she. I mean, she is a doctor. She is a neuroscientist. You'll believe she has the answer. And here now is my Maya Bialik story. Are you ready? Yes. I lived in Los Angeles for a great number of years. And as all people do in Los Angeles, you get some headshots and you figure, what the heck? I'll give it a go. I got a look. Uh, I can play <laughs> tough number three. I can play, you know, strung out junkie number four. Sure, I can. I can show up as a corpse on Law and Order anytime. <laughs> I go to, well, somebody who does a tremendous amount of headshots. She was well known for it. And I go and I, I wanted to talk to her, but the, the sign was be back soon. I said, all right, I'll, I'll wait. It's, it's uh, Studio City. It's fantastic. I think it was the CBS Studios across the street. Who walks up to the door? Maya Bialik. This was, this was just as she was starting on Big Bang Theory, I believe it was. Maya Bialik. And she says to me, not here. I said, the sign says she'll be back soon. She said, okay. She's standing there waiting. I'm standing there waiting. And the windows are filled with the headshots that this photographer has taken. And I'm looking at them, and she's looking at some of them. And she looks at Ricky Schroeder's headshot. Rick Schroeder, Silver Spoons. He's done other things. Rick Schroeder. She's looking at the headshot. She turns to me and goes, 
what happened to him? <laughs> Whoa. And I, and I look at her and I said, you're asking me? You're the one who grew up with him. You better know before anybody else knows. Now, she was a little bit past that, that point, but she laughed. We chatted for a minute. I said, all right, I'll, I'll come back later. Good to meet you. Got to go. She has never forgotten that conversation. She still thinks of that conversation. Does my Bialik, and bless her soul. That is, that is my one Hollywood moment. To ask me about a child star was just, was just so perfect. Maybe so, you'll be part of a Jeopardy question now. It will not be. Oh. I guarantee you it won't be. Uh, I, I didn't actually care who the host was, although I think I maybe had some preferences. Again, we'll see how this guy Mike Richards does. What has people most up in arms, Fingers Malloy, is that Joe Buck from Fox Sports is hosting for a week as they get everything together. Fingers Malloy, your thoughts on Hall of Famer for the NFL, Joe Buck. Fingers Malloy. I would rather Joe Buck, please. I would rather listen to Jack Buck in his current condition than see Joe Buck on Jeopardy. I believe Jack Buck has since passed away. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I understood where the joke was. Just wanted to make sure I understood <laughs> exactly how how dark we were getting. I've never understood the Joe Buck hate. Oh, he's terrible. He's the voice of the NFL. He's the voice of the Super Bowl. He's the voice of the World Series. You sound jealous. He's terrible. Did I mention jealous? Terrible. Miss you, Mayim. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there. America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. On the Twitter box, it's go Eat, Drink, Smoke and find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com and subscribe to the podcast. I've been getting great feedback now that we... Offered up twice a, a week, the podcast, and then our snack size edition. Get it? It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. Snack size. I see what you did there. Genius, I tell you. And I got to tell you, the other thing that people need to realize when they go to EatDrinkSmokeShow.com, we have been posting a lot of your real reviews from Instagram. Right. And it's becoming a, a one-stop shop for people who, you know, they don't have five minutes, ten minutes to look over a review. You do a really good 30-second review of cigars. Uh, here's what I'm smoking right now. Now Here's why you should smoke it. So if you're in a humidor and you're like, I don't know what I should choose, go to eatdrinksmokeshow.com and you can see all the reviews that Tony has been filming. We're doing uh, the Cavalier uh, Genevieve. Genevieve? Genevieve. Lajero? This is... This is the Black 2 Toro Gordo. It is a 6x60 with a soft box press. It's that Mexican San Andreas wrapper right there. That little bit of chocolate feel. That that brown sugar, as I was talking about, because it's got this wonderful sweetness. And it does have a good, good creamy overall note to it. Maybe a slight hint of spice in there, as you'll often get uh, in, in a cigar. But for a 6x60... Playing, playing nice. And you said $10 a stick? $10 oh, a stick. Oh, it, it has to be in your humidor, in my opinion. The, the, the spice has subsided a little bit for me. Uh, the creaminess has really come out. A little bit of cinnamon. Uh, it's just a delightful smoke. I've had a little bit of problems with uh, canoeing on my stick, but that happens. And it may have been uh, user error. Maybe I, I didn't light it the way I should and have. So the canoeing is when it, it's, it's burning down one side and not the other side. Now, I'm looking at you smoking it. Man, that thing is smoking hot on you yeah. right there. Uh, you could simply just set it down, let it be but for I a little bit. But I don't want to. I'm not saying you have to. No, it's probably a good idea. just keep touching it up. 
Don't be uh, in doing a draw that's so intense. Sometimes when you create too much heat in the cigar, you'll get that ammonia kind of taste. It's bitter. It's just too hot. Set it down. Let it be for a few minutes. Let it cool down and then get back to it is what you can do. But enjoying the cigar tremendously from Cavalier. Uh, and uh, you can find out more about them at Cavalier-Cigars.com. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. Well, Tony, we teased this in the last segment talking about travel and the Delta variant and, and COVID-19. And AAA has said there's no sign of mass travel cancellations d- this, despite the COVID Delta variant surge. Uh, very good news. Uh, according to AAA, travel booking has risen at least 11% over 2019. And hotel bookings have increased almost 50%. Yeah. Now, uh, by the way, the the very concept of surge, we're not trying to get political when we say that. We're sharing the reporting as we get it, in this case, uh, from from AAA. The fact that people aren't canceling, that tells you a tremendous amount about where they are with either levels of their own confidence in the science. And and even the term in the science has become this, this whole crazed... Uh, thing, um, but really, uh, what they're they're saying is, even if the worst prognosticators were to be correct, we're going to live our lives. Thank you all very much, and uh, I, I'm a believer in safety, but I'm all I'm I'm always a believer in people choosing their own path and doing their own thing and saying to themselves, I can do two things at once, and life is about risk. There is nothing that is guaranteed a, a level of safety. People deciding for themselves. Maybe these people traveling are vaccinated. Maybe they're not vaccinated. I'm not going to be the one checking. Thank you very much. <laughs> but they feel confident in the things and their ability to get through it. And they want their lives. I, I, I am so buoyed by that. Yeah. I, I find it just, I find it relaxing in a sea or comforting in a sea of insanity. Well, what you do need to do though, if you do travel, don't just assume what's going on, where you're traveling, that the same conditions are like they are here or where you are at home. For instance, we're in Indianapolis. We're at Blend Bar Cigar right now doing the show. Uh, no restrictions, you know, no masks. Uh, but, you know, I'm traveling in a month. I'm going to be going to Wisconsin. And I'm staying at a hotel in, in uh, Wisconsin, and I'm, I'm looking, and they still have major restrictions. All of their restaurants at this particular hotel, it's takeout only. They have a takeout really? menu. Yep, there's no dine-in. A lot of the restaurants in the area are the same way. Is the hotel bar still open? The hotel bar is still open, which is, you know... Interesting. Okay, so you see that I'm going to argue that's not a COVID thing. That is a we can't find the people to to work the restaurant that, thing. That very well may be the case. But my point is, is that you can't just assume whenever you travel somewhere that things are are wide open because there still are either restrictions based on COVID or, like you said, you know, a lot of these places may have staffing issues. We've talked about it uh, before. I was at uh, an airport at 6 p.m. and they were closing the main restaurant bar down at 6 p.m. on a weekday. And the, I, I looked at the, 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 the hostess and the manager was standing right next to her. And he said, listen, I completely understand. He said, I, I'm lucky if I can even get through one shift with the amount of staffing that I have available. So there's an economist who uh, locally who said something that I thought was very interesting. I don't know if it's true. And we won't know if it's true for another month or so. On the labor shortages, follow this. 
their argument was we're not actually in a labor shortage. What we are is in a moment in the, in, in a, in the cycle where we have unknowns. Meaning, if we were to take a look at the people who haven't gone back to work, it's very possible we're dealing with people who have children. And they don't know whether their children are going back to school. We're hearing all over the country about, oh, somebody had COVID, so therefore the kids in that classroom have to be quarantined two weeks. Well, who's taking care of the kids in those two weeks? Never mind how the kids are learning anything. Oh, that's a whole nother story. Doesn't matter your political party. That's a whole nother story about how the kids are getting education if they're being told they have to stay home. How, how do they get assignments? How are they actually... There's no Zoom now to get the, the, the instruction. There's nothing. So it's, it's really a problem and people go the other way. Well, the, yeah, you're supposed to provide an education to my child. That's, that's what I pay for in the taxes. So that whole conversation is happening out there. But their point was, was that if people, kids are able to go back to school and parents feel confident in this, then you're going to see more people get back into the workforce and the labor shortages you're seeing will dissipate to great, in a great measure. And I'm like, I don't know if it's true, but okay, that's enough to make me think and be like, hmm, I wonder. Yeah. And you no, disagree? No, I don't disagree, but it, it brings up another point about education right now. Uh, my kids started back up last week, and there was a discussion about what happens in those situations where someone tests positive in the class, or if your child has to be quarantined, how will they handle it? And they're still doing the Zoom stuff. So, oh, they are? Yeah, they will still do Zoom, and it may not be where your, your child will be there for be able to watch the whole uh, class. They may just be able to meet with the teacher for a few minutes via Zoom to discuss what they need to learn that day. and that, But this got me thinking long term. Are the days of snow days over? Oh, yes. Your kids are screwed. <laughs> no more snow days. No more listening to the radio to hear your school mentioned or watching TV. <laughs> All children, your prayers will go unanswered <laughs> late at night. The joy of a snow day. I mean, it, in, in our house, if it's a snow day, we make cookies. It doesn't matter. If there are five snow days in a row, we make cookies five days in a row. <laughs> we all get super fat. That's the way it goes. It's so much fun. Oh, that has been taken. That's been taken from kids. That is, that is a sad one right there. Wow. I mean, you just think about that was the big thing when you were growing up. Oh, my gosh, I got a test tomorrow. But holy cow, there's a storm whipping through here. We're supposed to get nine inches of snow. I may not even have to go to school tomorrow. Well... We the only thing left to children is getting a stomach flu and being able to stay home to watch Prices Right and drink ginger ale. That's it. That's the only thing kids have left to look forward to. Uh, but I'm curious if, if that is right uh, about the, the, the labor shortages. I am curious to see if that goes on, but that people are traveling and feel confident and safe in it. Or just maybe, you know, just a sense of, oh, you know what, blanket, I, I just got to get out. I do. I'm, I'm happy to see that. Gives me gives me faith in people. By the way, Fingers Malloy has never bought me anything except a $2.99 hot dog in Vegas that made me sick. It was fabulous. I then took a shower and stepped out of the shower into my my pillow towels, which are fantastic. Yes, I use them. My pillow towels, I use them. My pillow, uh, the, the Giza Dream bed sheets, I use those. My pillow pillow, I use that as well. But the towels, they're they're highly absorbent, sixty day money back guarantee. And if you don't like them, boom, you try them. You can send them back until you're fully satisfied. 
cotton grown in the U.S., and they're available in a variety of colors. I got them in the blue, by the way. Two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two-pack. And I'm a big guy, and the bath towels work just great. For a limited time, you can get the MyPillow six-piece towel set, regularly $109.99, only $39.99 with promo code TONY. So you go to MyPillow.com, click on that radio listener square, and put in the promo code TONY, get the discounts on the Giza Dream bed sheets and the MyPillow premium pillows, but get your MyPillow six-piece towel set for only $39.99 using promo code TONY. MyPillow.com, $39.99 for the, for the, for the towels. Using promo code TONY, MyPillow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Remember, you can find our reviews on cigars, bourbon, and food over at our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Since the cigar that we're smoking, the Black 2 Toro Gordo from Cavalier, has that little bit of chocolatey undertone, a little bit of sweetness going on to it with that Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Fingers Malloy said, I want something sweet. I don't want to try and hit it with something else and get two sides of the coin. It's calling for a beer. And I said, you want to have a beer? And Fingers Malloy said, look at me. Of course I want to have a beer. So we said, okay, let's see if we can match sweet for sweet. And we went with the Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy, Breckbrew.com is where you go and get the Breckenridge Vanilla Porter from the Breckenridge Brewery there in Colorado. 5.4% alcohol on this bad boy uh, right here. That chocolate, that nutty, that vanilla. What was it that had you saying beer? I need a beer today. It's 95 degrees outside. And it feels hotter. Yes, it feels hotter. So you said beer, and if you don't know us, we're not believers in IPAs. It's, 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 well, it's religious with us. We are, we are in the cult of not IPA. It is so frustrating if you are a stout porter drinker. A lot of times you will walk in uh, to your favorite establishment and you'll look and see what's on tap, and you're lucky to find one stout, and it's usually Guinness, and I like Guinness, don't get me wrong but you want to try something different every once in a while instead of having a Guinness. And then you look, and they may not have a porter, but you know what they will have? 37 IPAs. (laughs) It is frustrating. It is uh, annoying. We both are fans of the porters and and of the stouts, even some some of the brown ales. I do favor, without question, beer in a glass versus beer in a bottle. It's not saying I'm a fancy guy. I just think it actually provides a better presentation. I believe that you should keep your glasses chilled when you know you're going to be having a beer. There's a reason to have a set of pint glasses. There's a reason to have them chilled. You disagree with me? I don't disagree with you, but a lot of times for me, uh, the beer isn't in the glass long enough to worry about it all that much. You're different than me. Yes, I take a little more time. That's true. With the beer. Now, this is, as you can picture, a porter to be unbelievably dark. You can almost see through uh, the glass, so it's got a little bit of that ability, right? So it's not overly thick. Coats the glass just beautifully. It was a great head on this beer that has subsided a little bit as we're sitting here, so it's still a little bit there. Actually, that, that that nose is very brewery. More so than a vanilla or a chocolate, it's a very brewery Kind of, kind of scent right off the bat. Very the surprised bat. on the nose because I was expecting to get a hint of vanilla, and there really isn't one with this vanilla porter. There, there, there is not. Now we've done some other beers before, which really pronounced and really big. 
That doesn't mean that it won't have uh, the flavor. But that's encouraging to me because I don't know if I want too much vanilla in my porter. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a little hint, uh, but I, you know, I don't like some of these. Uh, you know, if you get like an oatmeal stout and it's a lot, it, it, it's like you, you've got uh, a whole bowl of oatmeal that you're just consuming. Uh, this is this is so far, at least on the nose, uh, very pleasant and not, like I said, you, you would expect maybe an, almost an overwhelming vanilla you don't note on the nose and you don't get that at you all. You don't get what you get is, 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 that, is that grain kind of smell. Like I said brewery, you get that grain uh, kind of smell, which, which is a wonderful, wonderful aroma. You ready to try this? Right? I've been ready for this all day. You got a cigar in one hand. By the way, that's going to go on a T-shirt. I've been ready for this all day. <laughs> right there. Wait till you see the Eat, Drink, Smoke swag we've got going on. Fingers Malloy, take a sip of the Breckridge Porter. Cigar in one hand, the Cavalier in one hand. And I'm working. And he's working. The Vanilla Porter from Breckenridge in the other hand. He has taken a sip. He is still doing the Kentucky Chew, which is how you move the bourbon around the mouth right there. Are you disappointed? No, I'm not disappointed at all. It does come across a little bit more like an ale than a porter, uh, but that vanilla is there, but it's very subtle. It's very crisp, uh, delicious. Uh, it's it's everything that I hoped it would be. Let me, let me hold on. I'm, here I go. In. 5.4% alcohol by volume. Is that a lot? It, it'll let you know after you have a couple that right. it, it's 54 For children like me, is that a lot? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not overwhelming. You see some that are 11, 12. You're like, oh, my goodness. 5.4 is not bad. All right. It definitely has the viscosity part of, of a porter. You're absolutely right in, in, in the crisp. It's almost a, a weird, interesting uh, touch, of, touch of fruit. Or maybe that's – yeah, I'm going to say fruit, nut, that, that kind of hits the tip of the tongue. That is not overwhelming on the vanilla at all. That is, that is slight. It could actually – I wouldn't even mind if it had a little bit more. Yeah. Just a touch more. But what makes this interesting is that with your cigar, it works because it's a cleaner, it's a cleaner drink. Yes. No, we, I we've all had the, 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 the porters and the stouts that just overwhelm. And we love that, but it doesn't necessarily make it work with a, a cigar. Oh, this does. Yeah, I think so. And I've had people reach out to me and say, listen, we love the bourbon reviews. Uh, we love that you, you go into Rise and you do some scotch, but you need to do some more beer. And uh, and to me, this beer is a great pairing with a cigar, especially this one. Hold I on, think that you'll be very happy on the back deck having one of the, especially on a day like this where it's just so hot. Oh, you can throw that down quick. Yeah. You can throw that. We did the Guinness Nitro, which is the coffee uh, one, which is now a regular in my house. I love the coffee Guinness, the, the nitro stout. I think it's spectacular. For me, it's a, a perfect, perfect flavor. And, and I have it with a cigar or, or not a cigar. Very, very, well, for me, very often, which would be for you, like, almost never. Uh, this can work. You can bring this down. It does have, it, it does have, at, even in that finish, that you're calling it a crispness that, that kind of, it, it kind of sets you peculiar because it's not what you would expect from a porter. Right. At least I, not what I would normally get. Uh, from a porter, but the flavor here from the Breckenridge Brewery, from their vanilla porter, overall, it's a, it's a good beer. Yeah, to me, a lot of porters I have almost feel like a, a stout light in a way. There's a creaminess there that you get, but it doesn't have uh, quite the heaviness of 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 a, of a stout. 
uh, which really plays well if you want to drink uh, a few on a hot summer day. Uh, but this, there's a crispness to it, but it is still very, very smooth. I, I really, again, you know, I, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse here. When it's 95 degrees and you're like, you know what, I want some bourbon, but gosh, I'm feeling a beer with my cigar. This would be a good choice. According to Drizzly, which is your delivery alcohol uh, people there who would make great sponsors of the Eat, Drink, Smoke radio program, drink responsibly, by the way, a six-pack, $10.50. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. What, what you know, I, uh, a four, like you get a four-pack of Guinness and you're looking at $8, you know. Uh, I, I it's, it, it's not something I do very often. I have in the house, like, it, like, I have not even looked at the price tag of the Guinness Nitro. I like it. I'm done. I'm just, I go boom in the cart and, or, or let someone deliver it. I'm totally solid and good. So I, I never know whether this is something that people view as, man, that's, that's a fine price or man, that's, that, that's way more than a, than a, than a, than a six pack should be, but it is a six pack, not a four pack. So at $10 and 50 cents, I think it's all right. From Breckenridge Brewing, breckbrew.com. It is their vanilla porter. 5.4% alcohol by volume. Maybe it could use more vanilla. But it's a nice, clean, tasty beer that will work work with a fair amount of cigars. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Eat Drink Smoke. It is your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy, the Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. That's what we're doing today. And Fingers is working it well, man. You seem pleased. I am. And I got to tell you, the vanilla is building. The more you, is it? you, you consume it. Yeah. It's, it, but again, it's not overwhelming. It, it's just a very subtle, nice vanilla note. And uh, on a hot day like today here in central Indiana, it, it's really hitting the spot. According to Drizzly, it's 1050, uh, a six pack, 5.4% alcohol by volume. Not, and, and when I tried it, not big in the vanilla, but there. And it does have this crispness that kind of changes your thought on, on, on the porter. It doesn't have that more traditional kind of thickness, something that I like. But as, as a summer porter, which is a weird thing to say from Breckenridge, Colorado, on Breckenridge Brewing, it, it, it's easy. I could see people, and I said this earlier, I think those could go down. Very, very uh, quickly pairing it with the Cavalier, the Black 2 Toro Gordo, the 6x60 in that soft box press. And this cigar, is it, it, I mean, it looks like it's going to hurt you. It looks like with that Mexican San Andreas wrapper, which is gorgeous, that, that dark brown with that, with that bit of, of splotches of, of black, that mottled black, it looks like it's going to be just too much. Man, this, this is a wonderful medium smoke yeah. right here. and. We've been at this now for a little over an hour, and we're just starting to get to the final third of it. I'm still wondering about uh, this. The, what, how would you describe? So they take that? A, a bit of gold leaf and they create a diamond, and it, they basically place it into the wrapper itself. And yes, when I had this cigar last, not this it was a different Cavalier. I, I smoked it, and you can too. And by the way, I should tell you. Remember, we we take breaks when we're recording and doing everything. We've been at this for an hour and a half, and you and I have smoked many six-inch cigars that are gone. Yeah, in an hour and a half, this one isn't, and that that it's just been a lovely kind of sweet sensation 
that's been going on. I can't tell you it's been an over a, a big tobacco kind of hit. Maybe a little hint of leather. Maybe a, tra- a, a trace of spice that has kind of moved through it. But it's just had a generalized sweetness that I feel could work with so much. And I think that's why it plays as this perfect kind of, of, of medium. I don't think it's all over the place. I don't think there are multiple notes that you can hit on with this. But as an enjoyable stick of this size for 10 bucks, there's a lot here that's working. I think it's going to make a lot of cigar smokers very happy. And I think it's a, a stick that you could give someone who has enjoyed cigars for many years, but also you could give to someone who maybe hasn't had a lot of cigars but wants to smoke one that will last a while. This isn't going to overwhelm them. This would be a nice way to get people into, into palate extension. You want to you wanna kind of see where else things can go. You want to see what other things can, can, can feel like. This can do that. This can do this very well. This is absolutely not a golf course cigar. This is absolutely an after-the-course cigar. It really is. And, yes, I think it works with the Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. I think this could work with some very, very caramely bourbons uh, out there. I would stay more towards those those those. those caramels and less to the oak yeah. and find something that really, because I would, I wouldn't try and go the other way. I would really try and complement this in in that flavor profile. For me, that's the way I would make this work. Yeah, and I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I was experiencing some canoeing. That uh, has been corrected. It is very well constructed. It has been a pleasant smoke. Oh, the construction, stunning. Yeah, and uh, you know, still a lot of great smoke coming off of this cigar. It's 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 definitely a winner. It's time, fingers Malloy, for news of the week. Well, Tony, yes, we're smoking cigars. Oh, good for us. We're drinking beer. <laughs> God bless America. You know what goes good with beer, Tony? Um, cash. Yes. You know what else goes good with beer, cigars, and cash, Tony? More cash. You know what goes good with more cash? Bitcoin. <laughs> Doge. Which, which one? Pizza. Oh, oh, pizza's good. Yes. Well, for those of you out there who like to have your pizza, but you don't want meat on your pizza, but you, you feel like you'd like to try a little pepperoni, Beyond Meat is now making plant-based pepperoni for Pizza Hut. Sure. Enjoy that. <laughs> what other stories you got? What's next? <laughs> really? Um, I, I, I Look, Beyond Meat is making money. The stock has done very, very well for people. People have absolutely bought into this. I'm just not one of them. And it's not even a question of taste. It's a question of, I, 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 I don't like pretend. I don't like pretend. I'm just not, it's just not where I live and breathe. Uh, if I want pepperoni, I want pepperoni. You know what my rabbi says? Pepperoni, good. <laughs> Actually, my rabbi has never uh, said that. My rabbi, when when uh, like Beyond Meat came out, jumping for joy, he's like, "I'm finally going to be able to try a cheeseburger." Really? Absolutely. Set. My rabbi's a Scotch drinker. Guy is glorious, <laughs> and absolutely said it. It was couldn't could not wait. Well, listen, I, I think, but it's not super healthy. The, the 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 and I won't just say Beyond Meat. In general, the plant-based protein stuff. Well, and if you're someone who has never had a cheeseburger before because of that, to me, the Beyond uh, Burger Whopper at Burger King, they have a... The Impossible Burger? Yeah, the Impossible Whopper. Uh, it doesn't really taste that much different than a regular Whopper to me because so much of the flavor from the Whopper comes from all the, the slop that they throw on top of it, right? The, the, the quart of mayonnaise, uh, the pound of pickles. 
it's a it's a decent burger. I would love to market as a burger condiment fingers homemade slop. And it's it's part coleslaw, part <laughs> Thousand Island dressing, part mystery. People would buy it by the gallon at Costco, but mostly love. <laughs> I'm just it, it, this 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 isn't for me. But uh, they got to get in. They got to do this thing. I, I totally get it. Next, okay, a story that isn't so funny. Uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Depression and anxiety in youth doubled compared to pre-pandemic levels. This is reported by CNN. According to research, one in four adolescents globally are experiencing clinically elevated depression symptoms, uh, while one in five are experiencing clinically elevated anxiety symptoms. Okay. We're both parents, and we have both raised kids of different ages in this pandemic, as millions of you guys have, we're all, we're all the same here. Our politics, inconsequential. Socioeconomics, inconsequential. We have all dealt with the same thing. Now, I will say, because I really do want to dig into this conversation, that people who were dealing with middle school and high school age kids actually had it easier because it's very hard to explain to a fourth grader why they can't see their friends anymore. Yeah. It's very hard to explain to a, a toddler, a six or seven-year-old, why they can't play with their friends anymore. And the friends that I have, so this is anecdotal for sure, who have been engaged, who, who, who have been talking about what, what, what's happening with this, they describe it as, as a flat-out torture. Now, in the world of torture, no, it's not. And I will make the argument that if this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you in terms of lockdowns from COVID, it's time to realize how absolutely incredible your life has been. Yeah. Because if you want to hear about horror, listen to the North Korea defector, North Korean defector, I forget her name, speaking with Joe Rogan about her experiences of living in North Korea and watching the death and destruction around her every day and thinking it's normal. That's, I just want to start with that as kind of a, a baseline. I am not about to go about excusing this because this is a subject, and I, and I, and I want to, everyone stick around because I want to get into this with you because we, you know, sons and daughters that we're raising, different ages, but we have had actually some different experiences. So I want to share what those experiences have been where we see this analysis, both of us having dealt with these kinds of issues in our life, and kind of see where the mistakes have been made and how we stop those mistakes going forward. Look, it may be cigars and bourbon, but all in all, we're talking about how you live a good life. And how you live a good life is about having a happy, healthy, well-adjusted family. How do you do that in a society that sometimes isn't interested in normal? Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. That's Fingers Malloy, and this is Eat, Drink, Smoke. And now it's time for a real cigar review with Tony Katz. This right here is the Camacho Perfecto Gordo cigar. It's almost six inches long, and the ring gauge is 54 down to 50, as a Perfecto would be. It kind of bulges out and then comes back down a little bit. You get a little bit of coffee on here, a little bit of chocolate on here. Camacho makes absolutely big, big smokes. They're doing it here with this. Uh, you got the filler that's barrel aged in that bourbon barrel, U.S. Broadleaf. Nice, fun, good smoke. Works in a lot of conditions. 
Check out all of our Instagram Reel reviews at Instagram.com slash Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. And for all things Eat Drink Smoke, find us at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. It's impossible, even with a show like ours, to not notice things that are going on in the country, not notice the madness that's going on, because it affects all of us. I, I think we'd be, as much as we'd like to be the escape from some of the madness, I think we'd be simply out of our heads if we didn't notice some of the things and share some of the things that are just maddening. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is Fingers Malloy. Everything you can find is at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Literally it. The whole internet is built for eatdrinksmokeshow.com. There is a nurse in New I think it's in New York. She opposes the vaccine. All right. I don't believe in forced uh, vaccination, so, yeah, okay, you don't want to get one. According to the story, 8,600 people who showed up for vaccinations, she gave saline and not the vaccine. You go to jail for that, right? Yes. Uh, this is actually a story in the New York Post, but it's a German nurse. German nurse. Sorry, my mistake there. Who's being investigated for allegedly injecting thousands of people with a placebo instead of the coronavirus vaccine. Of course, can you imagine if you were leaving a clinic thinking that you are fully vaccinated and you were injected with saline? It is So this is kind of ties into the whole anxiety conversation that I really wanted to get into. Because it's one thing to have an opinion, and I don't tell people not to have an opinion. Your life. Do with it what you will. Make your decisions. I've made mine. Fingers Malloy has made his. We've made them for our family and with our family, just like you have. But if you made the decision to get vaccinated, the nurse decides, no, nah, we're not going to do that. How is that not the same as the fear that many people have, in a, in, for example, in the United States, of experimentation? They don't want to get vaccinated because they feel they're getting experimented on. Whether you think that's right or wrong, you, you got to accept the fact that there are people who think that way. This nurse absolutely experimented on these people. Placebo effect. Let's see how it goes. I, and w was she writing a, a journal, uh, you know, in her journal about this? Was she? I, I don't understand what the end game is here other than, like you said, she was just anti-vax. And I don't want to get into the politics of the vaccine. I, I just would be, you should be upset about anything when you go in somewhere expecting to get something, a product or whatever, and they tell you you're getting it, and then you walk away and you find out it's not what you asked for. And this is even more intimate or invasive because this is, this is a vaccine. This is going into your body. Ultimate bait and switch. Oh, awful story. But it's we talk about how cigars have grown. We talked about how uh, things are looking great, according to Cigar Aficionado, in terms of sales. Uh, doubling of imports in the, in the month of, of May. 39 million cigars got imported in, 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 you know, uh, from, from around the globe. Very, very impressive. And yes, there are things that have exploded because of COVID, things that have grown and, and opportunities built. People had opportunities to be at home with their family, and they, some of them took great advantage of it. And it was kind of, I'd say more in the beginning, it was kind of precious. It was kind of special. 
And yes, the cigar industry grew and built, and so did a series of other things. But we said at the time, we discussed it here, you've discussed it. We don't know what we don't know, and we don't know the ramifications. We've talked about this specifically with the food industry and the restaurant industry. We don't know the ramifications of what has happened from those slowdowns, from those lockdowns, from that inability to be open, these business owners that haven't been able to come back. So this story about anxiety, this analysis in kids, one in four adolescents globally experiencing clinically elevated depression symptoms, while one in five youth are experiencing clinically elevated anxiety uh, symptoms. Now, I don't know how they decide the difference, but let's just put them all together into one category. Now, what I can tell you is, uh, to, to my own experience, in my 20s, I'm a guy who dealt with depression. I'm a guy who was suicidal. Um, I, I, it, it was an absolutely horrific time. It took years to get better. I, I admit openly, I absolutely should have gone to therapy. I went to two sessions. <laughs> uh, and the first one was just, you know, I, I feel this way and I don't understand it. And you know, I was a bit of a mess and there were some tears and things like that. I went back the second time and the guy looked at me and said, why are you here? And I said, oh, okay, I guess I'm okay. But I, I, I wasn't. I, sh- I should have taken the initiative to work that out. I think it took longer than, 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 it, than it needed to. So there's been some experiences in my life on, on, on these things. I, I didn't, oh, yeah, me too. Except for me, it, it hasn't been depression. For me, it is an acute, acute anxiety. Uh, and I've had it since a teen. And I sought treatment for it. And... Uh, and the key to these things is going to someone and, and, and seeking treatment. But if you're not comfortable with the treatment you're getting, you seek other treatment. Other treatment. I'll never forget the, the first therapist I saw said, yeah, you have acute. Why am I having a problem with this? Acute anxiety. Because it's a weird word. It's not cute. Yeah. No, it's not. And I've only had half of this porter. So <laughs> people don't jump to conclusions. He said, yes, you have acute anxiety. We had a great one-hour session today. Next week, I want you to join our group therapy for anxiety. And I, I, I immediately had a, a feeling of dread and horror, thinking, wait, he wants me to come back next week and talk with a group of strangers about all that of wasn't my for you. anxiety issues. So I left and I sought treatment elsewhere. But I think that's the key. If you feel like you need help, seek help. And if you're not getting help where you think you should be getting it, find someone else. Now, that, that, that's our story. And, and we, we didn't grow up together. We didn't know these things. These things just happen. I think people feel still rather weird about discussing them. I never have. I, I'll discuss it freely anytime. But when it comes to kids and we're watching our kids deal with having to wear a mask and, and not being able to see friends and, and what's happening here, everybody is different. And I am not having this conversation to say, aha, look what a great job I did. My kids seem rather well-adjusted because they have been seeing friends, because they have been doing things, because we talk to them every day about what's going on. Now, there are plenty of people who do that, and their kids still feel they still have anxiety because they have school friends or they have social media and other things. That, and and the, 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 the fear stories, as opposed to knowledge, they take hold. It's rational that this is happening. It's awful that it's happening. It's irrational that we could have this feeling of helplessness about it when we, I, I think parents can do something about it. Sometimes, you know, what to do, that's an interesting question. But do, 
I, I'm not wrong, Fingers, in thinking that these numbers are probably legit. Oh, I don't think you're wrong at all. And, you know, raising two children right now, you know, I, I see how this has impacted them. And I'm fortunate that they're old enough to where I could have a discussion with them. I feel for the parents out there who have children going to kindergarten and, you know, having really young children. And, you know, again, we're, I'm not getting political here, just talking about they have to go to school wearing a mask. And, you know, there's this, this fear of this pandemic. How will this affect these children long term? I mean, you talk to people who have depression issues or if they have anxiety issues, and so they'll, they'll talk about things that happened to them in high school that had an impact on their lives to this day. You're having these issues now with these children. This may how, have an impact on them for the rest of their lives. How much of it is social media? It makes you wonder. You know, and it makes we, me wonder because my kids are not on social media. Because of what I do for a living, I've never allowed them to be on social media. And I wonder if they're better off because of it. I'm I, voting yes. Well, I, I vote yes, too, because I think that social media is a dumpster fire. And, I, and also, you see the bad behavior on social media now starting to bleed over into real life. And to me, a lot of that's happening on airplanes across the country. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I, I wouldn't disagree with you at all. I think that maybe a lot of this has to do with social media. But you talk to your kids about this, right? Do you, do you tell them not to worry, not to panic? How do, you, how do you share it out? I have, but they're also surrounded by you, you know, social media and media in general. And as we know, this is talked about constantly. And I can see where it could bring up anxiety you know, based on just the media coverage of this. Yeah, I want to dig in. I, I think... I, I, I don't want to take away from the cigars and the bourbon and, and the good times, but it is our families. And it's about how we ensure that we have good ones and healthy ones and happy ones, which allow us to enjoy a cigar and a bourbon. The Cavalier Black 2 Toro Gordo is wonderful. And the Breckenridge Vanilla Porter, you should pick it up and have some. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Did you know Audible isn't just for audiobooks? They have podcasts, too. And you guessed it. Eat, Drink, Smoke is now on Audible. Listen to us there. Eat, Drink, Smoke.